Hey, welcome. Welcome. Shout 63 after much delay, much, much tribulation. Delay. Uh, we're here. Finally. An unprecedented gap in Push a Shout broadcasting. Uh, but, you know, the now long we're back. history of Push a Shout broadcasts. We just wanted, you know, we wanted our triumphant return to be a big deal. So we gave you a little and bit of, you know, time to. Stew. I want to say this quick so that people who just listen to like the first five minutes get it. Uh, the idea is that Thursdays are going to be the days we do this. For the so, foreseeable future. You know, not making promises that it'll never be different from that. But, I mean, if you're looking for the night that we're going to be podcasting, it's probably going to be Thursday. So, we'll see how long we t- keep to that. Uh, in the meantime... I, I think it should hold. Uh, we've been about a week and a half or so uh without a podcast so there's a lot of, lot to talk about we'll get right to it i'm i'm skip and this is mike by the way in case uh you were wondering uh and uh <clears throat> let's just start out with you and and and, and see what, what what have you been up to mike yeah okay so for the long delay i haven't been doing many new things uh i haven't watched much um i've been playing more witcher i've been really liking that I've been uh, playing more Lisa, replaying it, which as I keep replaying it, it's becoming clear, like, how much more of a game it is than something like Undertale. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that I'm having fun, not just going through and seeing the the new stuff, but I'm actually enjoying playing it again. And uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, the party system, that there's like 30 party members that you can get. They're kind of expendable. Um, you can only train up a couple per playthrough. So you can really have a different playthrough if you just choose to approach it differently. You can choose to take joy or not. Like There's actual game... Yeah, there's decisions you can make, too, that alter the gameplay. There's gameplay differences that'll crop up on repeat playthroughs. So How many times did you play through this game? Uh, just uh, two regular, and I'm doing pain mode, okay. which is a, a challenge. But, um, yeah, so that's Lisa. But along that Lisa vein... I picked up Earthbound, and I started playing Earthbound a while ago, but I didn't really, really get into it. But now I'm totally into Earthbound. Um, Earthbound, if you didn't know, came out in, I think it's 95 for the Super Nintendo, and it's basically the game that started this kind of humorous RPG phenomenon, even though it really kind of only picked up recently. Uh, But Undertale and Lisa both are explicitly said to have been inspired by earthbound and that much is obvious in the case of undertale like the ui and everything is is very obvious. oh yeah even both dingling Uh, even said lisa is an earthbound ripoff which i would i wouldn't agree with but that's what he said about it um and undertale even lifts a lot of the same like like burger pants you know him the burger guy it's a reference to a, a shop in the first town in earthbound Oh, I, I wouldn't know. It's I, like, I know almost nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, so while something like Undertale or Lisa, they're Earthbound with a twist. It's nice to go back and see what Earthbound itself really was, yeah. which is it's it's magic. Um, magic's the best <laughs> word for it. It's just got this really interesting atmosphere. Uh, it's not totally happy because I've over the years I've had you know spoilers leak through i mean for a game that old that will happen um so i kind of know that it gets darker but it's not like 
the game is about that twist from happy to do- like it's a it's a pretty solid experience that winds up legitimately earning those things when it chooses to go for it um yeah i'm having a lot of fun with it i think there's a curve with these rpgs basically every jrpg i've ever played or game like that i, I mean undertale are made by americans but um where it takes me a little while to really get into it there's like a, a point where I get totally invested and it clicks. And before that, I might just put it on the back burner for a while. Yeah. And in Lisa, that was getting the fireball ability. That's when I finally felt like I was doing something to the enemies. And same thing with this. Once I finally picked up the first, like, legitimately good psi power, I was totally in. And um, it's just it's just great. It's a great game. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Like, there's a, a mole. Most of the animals that you find are hostile. They run around. I thought you meant like a fighting. spy. No, just a regular mole. And uh, so you assume that this mole is going to be hostile to you. And you go up and talk to him. And he says, I am not your enemy. I am just a run of the mill mole. <laughs> and that's the mole. <laughs> so, sounds like a great game. It, it really is. No, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I totally believe you. I, I'll never go back and play Earthbound. I can pretty much guarantee you that. But uh, I do plan on playing Lisa at least. I, I just, I know that I wouldn't be able to get through a game using RPG mechanics that's that old because I'm sure there's so much about it that's unbearable to me as a like a personally to me as as a gamer gamer well from what I've encountered Lisa's really well paced because you don't ever have to grind you never have to yeah. ever grind or waste your time doing anything you don't want to do um, that's how Lisa was designed and it works it's just all the good parts all the way through Earthbound being 20 years older didn't have that same savvy when it came to what is tolerable gameplay wise yeah i mean games games were made but different but still it is significantly less grindy than jrpgs of that time that i've played like yeah. so even even then the folk it's an easy game too um yeah so even though it has some of those elements they're not I would say for most people would be enough to deter them from enjoying it. Well, give it a shot. I'm glad to hear you're having fun with it. At least I don't think I'll get not it a you. Shot. I mean, I'm the sorry. general you, the audience, you with better taste than Skippy. Oh damn, that cuts deep. <laughs> no, I'm sure have there's you've been lots doing of great anything else. I've never played. Have you have you been doing anything else with your uh, with your time? Um, I've been I've been doing a lot. Uh, but not video game or media or internet related. You started school back up. Yes. So One of the things. Busy people yes. we are. Uh, we we can't be podcasting all the time. You, you, the audience doesn't donate enough to our Patreon for that. Uh, so anyway, I I'm looking forward to talking about what I've done. Uh, yeah, in the past week I'm and looking and forward so I'll to right talking to it. about it too because I saw the picture. Uh, first of all. Uh, Let's just start it out with The Witness. Um, oh, okay. The Witness is Jonathan Blow's new game, uh, and there's a lot to say about it, and I don't want to say hardly any of it because I don't want to ruin the experience for anyone. And, and I mean, it wouldn't ruin it, but, like, I don't, I don't want to sour any part of that experience because I think, I think this is a game that anyone can enjoy, and I think it's a game that almost, it's in, almost entirely is reliant upon uh you going in without being spoiled on its like mechanics or anything because it's it's about knowledge it's about uh unlocking the 
rules and stuff behind the game and and that's that's where the enjoyment of it comes through so if you explain to someone like oh here's what you do uh you're going to give away a little bit of that of of the enjoyment um so i i can't talk too all, much about it but i'll talk vaguely about it all i know i'm going to try it all i know is that it's a puzzle game in 3d with a cool yes style. and see that's so that's the thing. It's like okay. So let me start out by saying I before the witness came out, I was getting kind of excited for it because I I really liked Braid, which was Jonathan Blow's last was major good. game. Yeah, Braid's Braid's good. Um, it has it. It's been criticized for its story, which like you could you would kind of put in quotes because it doesn't really have that much of a plot, or like it kind of does, but it's very vaguely. That's the best thing about the game, and, I think. And very metaphorical. And I like that a lot, too. It's A lot of people say it's pretentious and stuff. And, and yeah, it is. But I think it's well done. I think it's well written. Um, yeah. I, I think that there's there's very interesting... It's, it's fun to kind of try to think about what... There's obviously intent behind the pretentious writing, you know? And like, right. it's not, like, pretentious for the sake of being pretentious. I got kind of tired um, of the time puzzles, actually. I liked them I, a I lot. liked them a I lot, too. I so clever. But I got tired of them as the game went on. But the story mm-hmm. was why I kept playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the story definitely keeps you moving, because, like, it it it, it stays vague in, the, in a way that makes you want to try to figure it out, I guess. Uh, like, the story's part of the puzzle, almost. And the game but, is uh, old enough that I'm okay saying this that the way it all kind of comes together at the end i think i think it's fine to spoil the braid you know well, just like the last story thing that you do like, yeah i know yeah. exactly what you mean yeah. it's a very interesting way to marry the the game it legitimately like it made me sm- sit there and smile yeah. when i first saw it and like oh i didn't see that coming uh very clever little subversion um and uh yeah i i liked braid a lot and i even liked the puzzles which were super hard in some spots uh, there were. I remember there being a couple spots where I, I just I couldn't take it anymore, and I had I have very little patience for pu- patience for puzzle games, and I look up the solutions some sometimes, and I looked up like maybe one or two of them in Braid um, in my first playthrough, and you you get the solution, and you're going, well, why the fuck didn't I think of that? Like, how did I not realize? And uh, that's what makes it so good is that like it earns all of its challenging puzzles, and 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 there's not any puzzle in Braid or I think the Witness. Where you sit there and you go, oh well, I couldn't have figured that out. Like there, that that's just something you have to just bang your head against until you get it. Uh, everything that's good. makes sense in retrospect, you know. Um, so moving on to the witness, um, knowing what I knew about Braid, I knew that the witness had to be more than what I what I saw of it too, which was wandering around on an empty island that looks kind of nice and solving puzzles on screens. I was thinking, there's no way the guy who made Braid moved on to make this really simple puzzle game and just putting it in a 3D world, and that's it. Because that's kind of what it looks like. It looks, for it. Yeah, it looks so. It looks like nothing. It looks like okay, maybe those puzzles are kind of challenging, but they don't look that much fun. And what's the point of even having the other, the world around them? I knew that there would had to be some more to that game, and of course there is um, a lot more to it than that. Um, Yet at the same time, what you see is what you get. Like, like you won't be spoiled in that game by uh, seeing... Uh, there's not even any later areas in that game. You can wander almost wherever you want at the beginning. Uh, there's places you unlock by solving That's certain really puzzles cool, and stuff. Though. But That's yeah, how it is. Ethan Carter cool. did it. 
Not, yeah. not that they're, yeah. you know, the same kind Kingdom of Heart game. Kingdom really. had a linear path that if you fl- solved all the puzzles, you could go on. But, like, yeah, it's right. just no It was world. a, a big want, area, can, and then you could yeah. find, you know, solve little puzzles. Yeah. But there, um, um, and there the are, meat of I would this game a lot of, would be the puzzles. There's definitely a lot of similarities between Ethan Carter and The Witness. I think they, saw, they share the same, uh, I guess, uh, influence of Mist, I think. Okay. And I did like Mist when I was younger um, a lot. And The Witness especially, you know, it's an island that you're solving puzzles on, and it's empty, and you're trying to solve the mystery of why it's empty, kind of. Uh, there's less, I'd say there's less uh, actual exposition in The Witness than in Mist. Like, you don't actually learn what happened, really. Like, maybe you can kind of figure it out, but it's it's very, that's, it's now, very light on that. finished it, or? I, I sort of. I finished it, um... There's there's the main ending and then there's like the complete everything ending, and I I haven't seen or heard anything about the complete everything ending because I kind of wanted to get it myself, but it requires you to do a whole lot of shit. So I don't know if I'm ever gonna get around to it. Uh, but yes, I've, I've done the main ending, and the main ending doesn't solve anything really. Uh, it's not it's as far as like plot or or. <laughs> solving the mystery or anything like that it doesn't it's a very unsatisfying ending i didn't like it um but it's getting there that's you know where the value of the game is obviously and so yeah you can there's all these different areas on the island and each one of them kind of teaches you a new i guess rule uh, about these puzzles um so you know it'll start out and it's like all right uh just so i'm clear is this the puzzle game where I saw footage of like a screen and routing draw around. lines. Is that yeah. every puzzle or is that one type of thing that, that you is? Do? Yes. That is everything you do in that game. Okay. Uh, which, which made me go like, how the fuck can this be actually interesting or go anywhere with that very simple concept? But they, they, they do some very clever things with it. Um, and so, yeah, you start out with like a very simple rule set of like, all right, draw the line to separate these two things, and then it'll introduce a new rule. And so now you're working with two rules at the same time, and it makes the puzzle a lot more challenging when you're having to like sit there and solve almost two two puzzles at the same time almost. Um, and there's a ton of different rules, and each area, for the most part, kind of teaches you a different rule. Um, and so there is a little bit of a progression, I guess. But for the most part, you can finish the areas on their own without having to finish other areas to learn other rules. Like, usually they just use the rules that they themselves are trying to teach you, but some of them incorporate other elements. It's, it's, it gets complicated. Um, and it gets very, very hard. And I admit that I, I looked up the solution to... I You're think, not a gamer! I'm not, I'm not a real puzzler. I, I looked up the solution to, like, I think two puzzles, um... And both of them, I looked at the solution and I went, well, I don't really know how I missed that. Like, you you get stuck in this line of thinking where it's like, I think that this is the solution. Yeah. And when it's not, you can't unthink it. Like, you, you still think it's the solution, even though it obviously isn't. And And then when you actually get the solution, you go... Well, what the fuck? Like, how did I even... And so, like, what you have happen is, if you're talking to someone else about solving these puzzles, they'll be like, well, I didn't have any trouble with that one at all. And it's almost... It's not luck. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting to it through intuition. But it's almost like whoever think, just happens to stumble upon uh, the right line of thinking first is just going to... Some, some of those puzzles are just going to click really easily, and some of them are going to kill them. Uh, 
it's 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 very interesting. But uh, yeah, you 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 go around the island, you solve these puzzles, and they incorporate. I'm not going to spoil anything here, so I'm going to be very vague. But they incorporate the world around you in a way that's unexpected. Um, okay, and I think they. I, I do have some criticisms of it, but they're mostly kind of personal preference of what I would want from this kind of game, especially one that seems influenced from Myst. Like the things that I liked about Myst, this game doesn't really have, honestly. Um, I mean, it, it, it touches on it, but not 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 deeply enough. Like Myst, one of the appealing things about Myst is that you're kind of to solve the puzzles. You kind of have to think of like, well what was the person who built this thing thinking or like, what is this, what is this, what am I trying to do with this thing? Um, what is this contraption built for? Sometimes that can keep, keep get you to the solution. And there are moments in the witness that are kind of like that, but for the most part, it's just kind of straight up puzzles. Um, okay. Uh, and they're all just to make sure are all the puzzles deliberately designed or, or yes, are they generated? They're very, they're but, very obviously deliberately designed too. Good. Like you, you, you can tell that each one. Because if I if I was going to play a kind of cool adventure puzzle game, I would want it to be that yeah. way. I would want it to be deliberately constructed. Like yeah, that. Uh, it, it definitely is, and you know it because they do. They incorporate the environment. Like sometimes the puzzles will represent something. Like maybe there'll That's be cool. a control panel for a contraption or something, and when you solve the puzzle. Uh, you're solving something in the real world almost. It's hard to explain. You kind of have to see it. Um, and okay. there's there's something there's something else to that game that when you discover it, it makes you start looking at the world in a certain way that I, I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna spoil it. I can't I can't ruin this for anyone. Don't. But there's something else there that's like screaming at you in the face, and 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 when you see it it changes everything. Like maybe you won't see it until you've completed almost all the areas. And then you're going to have to go back through all the areas and think of them a different way. It's so cool. Um, it's really, okay. neat. I, 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 I like that game a lot. It's definitely worth $40. I think I put about 20 hours into it and I solved every area. So <clears throat> that's, I'd say it's about a 20 hour game. If you just want to solve so the basic what do you areas say to the people the people who are bitching and moaning about the forty dollars. I think those game. people just haven't played the game. They just don't understand what they're talking about. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's it. As far as time goes, you get your money's worth. And I think, especially as far as entertainment goes, you get your money's worth because it's a very unique, entertaining game. So there's my hot. You heard it hot here. Opinion. Um, now let's talk about something much less uh, artistic and good. <laughs> I. Uh, on Monday night this week, I went to a live filming of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, in Birmingham, so. Alabama. It was uh, actually incredibly fun. I had so much fun. Uh, I went with. I was going to go with my brother-in-law, who knows nothing about wrestling, and just kind of like see what his reaction was like and kind of explain things as it, as it went. And he ended up getting sick. Uh, like high fever on the night of. And so I had to take someone who hadn't been watching wrestling in a while, but had watched it like in high school. And uh, they ended up having a ton of fun. And I think I might've gotten them back into wrestling. So, so I feel almost like uh, guilty because it's, it's not something I recommend anyone gets into, but especially because I have gotten, I've gone deep, man. In the last couple of weeks, I've gone deep. 
I've uh, I've hit a new low in terms of wrestle wrestling. Well, it's really a new high in terms of wrestling quality that I'm watching, but a new low in terms of the volume of wrestling that I'm watching because I've moved on past the the confines of the WWE and I've started watching uh, Lucha Underground and a very small amount Lucha, Lucha Underground. Underground and a very small amount of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm going to talk about these things because they are fascinating. So, okay. I'll talk about Lucha Underground first. This one's really weird. Um, and it's hard to explain. I've been trying to explain it to people, and it's very hard to get it into their head um, without them just seeing it. It's like... Lucha Underground, the concept is they took all these wrestlers from like Mexico or whatever that already are popular... And they said, oh, we're, we're having a promotion in America, and, and you can come up and prove yourself to the Americans, and da-da-da-da-da, and uh, it's, it's this new promotion. And the way that they're doing this is they've got a very small venue. It's like a warehouse. Uh, and so not a large crowd, like maybe a couple hundred people in the crowd total. And, uh, and they pre-tape the episodes. So like it's a live audience, but it's not a live show. Yeah. Uh, and because they pre-tape it, they can do things like First of all, they edit it together in a very, very, very efficient way where you get like three matches in an hour and it's just an hour long or even really just, it's just 44 minutes long or whatever because it's got commercials. Um, and so it's much, much faster moving than, say, the WWE, which is like three hours of really slow content and horrible things happening. Um so it's it's very fast, and in between the matches, in order to build storylines and characters and stuff, they they just film scenes like as if it was a TV show, like not a reality TV show, not where like there's a cameraman with a camera, but like the camera doesn't actually exist, like like it's a scene out of Breaking Bad or something. So you've got these wrestlers <laughs> who That's wrestle cool. in the ring, and then like the backstage segment isn't them cutting a promo to a camera with a microphone. It's them, you know, in a smoky room talking to the manager or whatever. <laughs> and, and because they, because they've completely abandoned any pretense of, of realism or reality, they, they go so far out of the bounds of reality. Like they, they have, um, they have a wrestler who, I, I've I've only watched like a few bits and pieces really, but they've got I know they've got a wrestler who I think has a jetpack. He's like a superhero. He's like Iron Man or something. Like he can like at the end of his match, he'll like go up on the roof and jetpack away. Um they've got one who is some sort of like lizard creature, and I think he's actually supposed to be a lizard creature. Like he's got a lucha mask and it looks like a lizard lizard head, and he has this tongue thing that like hangs out of his mouth really far and is really gross looking and he can like retract it. And like, this is during a match. Like it's so weird. And uh, so they have like, there's people who can basically do magic and stuff. Uh, they go, they go. That sounds yeah, more it's, fun. it's a lot of fun. It's, it's super fun because they've just completely said, fuck it, but they still play it 100% straight. Like they, they're not playing it for comedic value. Yeah. You have you to, have to exactly. You have to. Um, and so they just started their second season and I'd heard so much good things about it that I had to start watching the second season at least. And I've been going back and watching the first one too. Uh, but the second season begins with <laughs> the wrestler who won the belt at the end of the last season has built a throne <laughs> in, in, the, in the warehouse and he over, he overlooks the ring while they're having matches. He's just up there the whole time, just watching <laughs> with his belt. And, um, and apparently that throne was like, 
<laughs> it was like built from the souls of the music band that used to play up there. They had to have like a live band and the band is gone now. And they put out a comic that's supposed to bridge the events between season one and season two. And in the comic. Oh, right. Yeah, the yeah exactly. And in the comic, three of the wrestlers who have, they're like demons or something, suck the souls out of the band and, and forge the throne or something. I, it's mm. fucking bizarre and so much fun. And the wrestling's way better. It's, it's because it's Lucha style and they're, they're just flipping around and doing all sorts of crazy shit. It's much more choreographed, like Cirque du Soleil it's kind of called thing. Lucha, Lucha Underground. Underground. I, I highly recommend someone. Is it Spanish? A lot of the wrestlers are Mexican and don't speak English or don't speak a lot of English, but it's English. It's it's for an American audience. It's an English program. It's for an American audience, probably largely made up of Hispanics, but it's still it's in English. It's an English program. Okay. Um, they do subtitles for Spanish and no subtitles for English. Uh, so okay. yeah, it's 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 fucking crazy and like they've they're still bringing in like real wrestlers into this crazy fictional world so like you've got like ray mysterio and stuff appearing in this <laughs> in this fucked up crazy thing it's 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 fun um now I, this is sort of related but i've been watching lots of interviews with the creator of lisa and it's no secret, he's very into yeah. pro wrestling. Very, very into pro wrestling. I thought I saw a lot of wrestlers of the game in the screenshots you... of the game. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole part where you just are a okay. pro wrestler. And there's like, it, you actually, the matches are fixed and it's stories. Yeah. And people, the guy is a huge fan mm-hmm. of pro wrestling. Um, he even included uh, Eric Bedore and Brian from Mega64 in the game because of the go-home show yeah. they do. About yeah, wrestling. I do listen to the go-home show every week. He is, yeah, he's really into it. And basically in all of these interviews, he mentions wrestling at some point or another. It's different wrestlers that I don't know the names of. And he, at some point, was describing the genesis of Lisa. And it was something like this. What if there was a world that was just huge buff wrestler dudes only? And then there was one girl That's okay. Lisa. <laughs> that's that's a good concept. Um, and her name is Lisa, I assume. Oh no. Okay, never mind. No. Uh, yeah. Don't. <laughs> I'll play it. Don't I'm think about that, that game, stuff. So yeah. I, Just, I, I don't want to. If you love wrestling, yeah. you'll love it because like it has that kind of wrestling spirit yeah. to it, where all the attacks have like some stupid, crazy name. I think some of them are lifted directly oh, from I'm, WWE I'm sure they are, or yeah. something like it. Like um. All your skills are like they're not just a punch combo; it's a buster punches yeah. and machine gun flip. Well, what I've and, what I've uh, learned is that um, the I thought that wrestling was much more segmented. I guess like the WWE has has their wrestlers and their wrestling moves and their storylines and everything, and that's kind of true at least for the WWE. Like they they keep separate, and they if it doesn't happen in the WWE, it doesn't matter to them. Like. It, it, yeah, it's not, it's not canon. canon, basically. It's not canon. Um, but there's still, even even in terms of WWE, there's still, uh, there's still like the names of common moves and stuff, like the DDT and stuff like that. They're they're universal. Uh, it's it's oh, become okay. just a it's become a thing where where there are now standards and universals and and 
this is how wrestling works and 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 there's not a lot of disparity between them um and so that's that's where new japan uh pro wrestling actually comes in because new japan uh <laughs> i didn't know hardly anything about it but someone recommended to watch like a, a wrestle kingdom which is basically japan's wrestlemania and uh they have a whole roster of what they call gaijin wrestlers, guys from from the west, who they come in and they don't speak any Japanese and they they fuck shit up or whatever. And they're all the bad guys. <laughs> like they're all bad guys because what they do is, you know, in American wrestling, you've got people uh, doing doing bad things behind the ref's back to to win matches. You know, cheating. Uh, fighting outside of the ring, doing all sorts of crazy shit, and the Japanese don't do that as much. They they try to keep it more, you know, honorable. It's all in the ring, and it's it's it, you know, oh, it's course. like it's more like a sport. And so the great thing, do the gaijins come exactly, in and the ruin gaijins everything? come in, and they <laughs> they start you know pulling people out of the ring and, and 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 like tripping them, and when the ref turns their back, they'll like scrape their eyes and stuff like that. And and the and the Japanese audience hates it, and it's perfect because they just become these huge bad guys and. Uh, and That's great. it's crazy because so like during the Royal Rumble, which was recently, um, AJ Styles made his debut in the WWE. And he's this guy who's been doing indie and uh, TNA wrestling for a while. And he's never been with the WWE. And he's probably like the biggest wrestling star who isn't associated with the WWE until now. Um, and he had a he had a couple years in, in Japan doing this stuff and leading this this group of gaijin wrestlers they call the bullet club and uh it's just it's fun i'm going back and i'm watching some of their matches and stuff and it is just so much fun because another thing that they do is like for some reason in japan they they put more emphasis on uh the the sounds of the match like they put microphones in the ring that where you can hear them hitting each other and and yelling at each other and like smack talking and stuff and uh <laughs> and the guys the guys who speak english they can curse and stuff all they want because people can't understand That's them and don't great. care and and so like they're literally in the ring going like fuck you man fuck you i'm gonna kill you and just shit like that and it's it's so different from what i'm used to for the last year of watching <laughs> wrestling it's so great and uh and like they're in some of them at least i don't know if this is the case for all of them but at least in some of them they have the english commentators one of whom is was was in the match that I watched was one of the commentators in Lucha Underground, um, but they're they're on the side in a, at a little table of their own, and like the wrestlers come over and like steal their headsets and are like talking to the headsets and and just like <laughs> yeah we're fucking hungover from last night and we don't give a shit and, and it's just shit that you're not used to seeing, um, and it's it it was a That's it's good. it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, God, I'm way too well, deep into wrestling, man. Pro wrestling combines the thrill of live sports. With the drama of storytelling, it's you've, the perfect art form. You've sold everyone on it now. It's sports entertainment, as Vince McMahon would say. Um, but yeah, like I've you know I've been watching for like a year now, and I've never really. I wouldn't say I ever got like a passion for it or anything, or like I love wrestling. I never like felt like that until now, where I'm starting to like look at a lot of the other stuff and and see the people that I'm watching, the, the matches that they would have in the past and stuff. It, it's it's very it adds a lot to it and makes it a lot more fun. And I kind of hate myself for it, but at the same time I'm having a ton of fun watching it. So I don't give a shit. Chad, that was a Lisa quote, by the way. I do not, I do not officially consider, uh, wrestling to be the perfect art form, but maybe you will if you watch Lucha Underground. Maybe I have never seen a single wrestling. You need to watch something. 
I'll send you a video or something. I'll find. I'll I'll think of one. I'll think yeah, of like okay. the epitome of wrestling. I'll try to I'll try to sit there and think of think of what what's the match you need to see. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe once you send it to me, I'll film my reaction. Oh! Segway. React World. The Fine Brothers. Fine Bros. Our arch nemeses. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's basically yeah. over at this point. It, it came and went but, in the time that we had our last podcast. Yeah. So, Cliff Notes version. I'm sure people watching this already know, but in case you don't, the Fine Brothers, proprietors of the popular Blanks React to series, they, uh, tried to trademark the term React and their React format. Um, And they announced React World, which is a licensing program where at the low, low price of 60% of your ad revenue, you can legally produce reaction videos. And yeah, I already know that it's about their specific format and not reaction videos in general. But still, what they were trademarking was like the way it was shot and like the format itself. It's not just about the blank react yeah. to word thing. And they didn't even originate that format, so it's not even really. But if they're legal. the first ones to contract uh, to uh, copyright it. No, you can't be the first one to copyright yeah. something. Something is copyrighted. I'm, you already know this, but in case people don't know, once you make something, it's copyrighted. You don't have to. You don't have to submit a copyright. You can, so that it's on yeah. record, but you don't have to. Um, so yeah, they submitted a trademark for it, and now it's just not around anymore. I don't know what the deal with the trademark is, but they basically, you know, reneged on the whole React World thing, and they released like an apology. Or something like one, where they demonstrated just how completely disconnected they yeah. are from this whole thing. Like, they don't understand why people were upset by this, really. It's kind of hard to describe. Or they're just acting but like just, they aren't, maybe. I don't know. It, 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 the whole thing's Well, that's bizarre. what I thought. When I first heard the story... I figured, okay, it's the Fine Brothers being the Fine Brothers. I know. I had them submit a DMCA on my video that was parodying them. And I submitted a counterclaim and it went back up. So, yeah, I figured it's just them trying to make money and squeeze people. That's something that they would do. But when they're making these videos explaining it and they're they're talking about themselves as content creators and getting, like, worked up about other people stealing their content, and it's like they're actually delusional and really feel like they're creators and that that's the funniest part to me of all this that whether or not there's a license who cares it's just kind of funny to actually get to see the fine bros being themselves which is not great people yeah just or, or just totally uh yeah delusional just they don't even have any idea i i don't know i i'm a little i i i feel like there's a little more of a theatrics to it to try to save face um, because they've I've I've seen them I haven't been reading deeply into this stuff I just kind of have seen it at a glance but I, I have seen them directly contradict like like the claim that they weren't doing the kinds of things that they did like when you, they took down your video just say that they they just they just oh, yeah. didn't do that stuff and it, and that's obviously not true like we have personal evidence of it uh, so I, I feel like they're they were, you know, 
they realized that they made a PR mistake and and have been trying to remedy that by basically feigning ignorance and saying like, well, we didn't, I don't know, we we didn't, we didn't realize anything was wrong with this, da 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 da. Even though that they they were just obviously making such a cynical move, I, it's it's annoying. Um, they they I I am really glad that it got the publicity it did. I, I like it any time that. We you get publicity around? I was I was surprised at first that it blew up like that because I didn't think that many people. Yeah, cared I was a little surprised too about Fine Brothers. Um, but it's not so much the Fine but, Brothers; it's this recurring story of people abusing well, yeah. the YouTube's. Ex- you know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why it yeah. blew up because people who can make it into a big deal have gotten their shit yeah. taken down before, and they don't like the Fine Brothers because the Fine Brothers have tried to squeeze them out in the past. Exactly. So so now there's like this instant knee-jerk reaction, which I, knee-jerk is usually said in a negative way, but I, I mean it in a positive way. There's this reaction, like this visceral reaction to, to when people abuse that system, and I'm, I'm really glad. Knees because... react to force from them out. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, uh, the Division came out recently. Did, no, really? the beta of the division came out recently. Okay. Um, I thought, yeah, like, no, I yeah. the division. I don't know when it's be... supposed to come out, but it, the beta is out right now. Is it an open beta or ish? I know there's a lot of people playing it, so it, it's not like a super closed thing. But um, I, I'm not sure. I think it's a, one of those things where, like, if you pre-order it, you get the beta or whatever. Um, that's a weird game. Have you seen any of that stuff? I've seen the trailers. It's, the trailers they, don't. Uh, Tactical the trailers talking. probably don't don't do justice to what that game actually is. It, this game is basically third person Destiny in a post apocalyptic New York. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be this way because because it's Tom Clancy and the way that the advertising was leading up to it, like it, it felt like it was going to be this kind of realistic kind of thing where like you have your little squad and you're going around and you know trying to be stealthy and stuff. Uh, it's not realistic at all. Like everyone's a bullet sponge, and you do damage. Like there's there's uh, mm. damage numbers that come out of the enemies when you hit them. Uh, okay. Enemies will swarm into an area. Like fifteen mobs will swarm into an area, and they're all dressed. They look exactly the same as each other. Like they're just a an enemy type. Uh, they're like a hoodlum with like a hoodie on and a gun. And they're all wearing the same colors and everything, and they come out and they all look exactly the same, as if it's like an MMO or something. Uh, it's bizarre. I, I was I was blown away when I was seeing it. Is it now? Okay, so one of the things I don't like about Destiny, and what I think kind of keeps it from being a more mainstream success, is that there's very little to do with other players when you're in the big world. That when you're when you're in the open world. You either have a party of at max like three people, barely talking. Uh, you can dance, but you just kind of go around completing objectives. From what I saw of the division, there's some player yeah. versus player stuff, and there's just more to do with other people. Which I haven't is looked at a ton of it, so I don't know exactly how it works. But there's this going rogue idea where you can turn against your party members and try to steal their loot and stuff, uh, which is, which is interesting, but it looks like it's implemented in a very like regimented way that I'm not sure I'm, I, I dig very much, but, uh, it, it is interesting and it does seem like it focuses a whole lot more than destiny does on, on, uh, player interaction on like forming your little group and going around and doing stuff like you're not meant to play that game alone. Um, 
And so I don't even know if you can. I'm sure there's probably a lot of missions that don't don't even let you do it alone. So, uh, yeah, it, it it looks fun. I don't know if I, – I don't think it's my kind of game. I just don't think I'm interested in that, like, small-scale – I don't know what to call these games now. Like, small-scale MMO, like – you're not. It's not really an MMO. You're only connected to a few people at a time. I, I'm willing. I'm willing to call it shared world. Shared I don't world. See that as yeah. too bad of a buzzword. Yeah, that, that, I don't buzzword. think that's a buzzword. It's just yeah. I, I, maybe maybe that's a good word. People. For it. It's often accused. It's often accused of being an empty buzzword. I don't which think I don't so. I really yeah. think it is. Um, besides being originated by Bungie yeah. and Activision when they were describing Destiny, that it's it's useful. It's a useful word because it it refers to a category between. Yeah. It's not World an MMO, Warcraft and it's and not, and it's not just like a yeah multiplayer game. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I the whole appeal of an MMO to me is like being in a big connected world with a bunch of other players, all like affecting the world at the same time. And and the shared world concept feels like the worst of both worlds. Like it doesn't it, it doesn't incorporate either thing about either genre that I particularly like. It just mixes two things that I could do without. Um, so, eh, but. It does look fun. What, what was cool? What was cool about Destiny, for the little while I got to really play it with friends, was, oh, check out this this uh, coat thing I got. It looks sick, and you can just see it on them. And you know, it's just building characters and progressing with other people yeah. feels good. I'm assuming. I'm assuming they're. Uh, I don't know the how much niche. of that. There is probably the same. It seems like it. it with the damage yeah. numbers, there's there's going to be will. you know equipment that you know is better. You, you, you're looking for better equipment and all that stuff, probably. So, which which I am yeah. totally fine with because I've been looking for a better Destiny. <laughs> Yeah, on PC. I think if yeah, I think if you're looking for the Destiny itch and you want to play something on PC, it sounds like this is your thing. Like I think it'll be very successful. I think people will really like it. Uh, I'm still I'm still gonna wait and yeah. see. I'm not totally. I mean, you have to I, you have to see yeah, if other people are enjoying it, it and like whether it's actually a well made thing or not. And that's that's half of it because if yeah. your friends aren't playing it, there's not much in it for you. But if everybody's yeah. playing it, then it adds a lot of value. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's very interesting. It's not what I expected from a, a game with Tom Clancy on the name. Like you're shooting people in the head with a shotgun multiple times to kill them and stuff. Like it's 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 just weird. Uh, it's weird that they bothered to make it I a wish... Tom Clancy title, uh, but whatever. It's, that's their brand. They might as well take advantage of it. I guess. Besides Far Cry, I think every shooter they make is a Tom Clancy game, right? Yeah, maybe. Tom Clancy's yeah, blank for the most part, I can't at think least. Of an Ubisoft shooter that's not Far Cry or that. I just, don't, I guess it's their brand, but I never really see Tom Clancy's being a strong part of any of those. Maybe like when I see Tom Clancy that. in front of a game, I I assume it's going to be uh, there's going to be a certain level of attention to realism. You know, like like this is going to be a challenge because. Yeah, it's because you can kind of, you're not yeah, going to be okay. a bullet sponge. It's it's a very specific kind of of usually tactical gameplay. Um, not the be- like I've never been like a big fan of. I I, I liked tactical. Yeah, okay, tactical. Um, and this and this I guess you could argue yeah. that this has some tactical shooting elements to it. But the way that everyone's a bullet sponge, it 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 doesn't it doesn't feel like Tom Clancy. Now are other players? Yes, a everyone's sponge? a bullet sponge. Like the enemies and the players, they just they have a lot of health. <laughs> that's the only way I can put it. Or at least that's the way it looks. Uh 
But can you just shoot him? You got to be able to just shoot somebody in the head. You'd have to right? do it multiple times. You get a bonus for shooting him in the head. It's like Borderlands. You know, you get a bonus for shooting him in the head, but it's still, you know, you still have to chip off their health. Yeah. It's huh. it's odd, um, but it is it is interesting. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm, in fact, I'm I'm glad they're going that direction with it because the way it looked before looked totally unappealing to me. It looked like they were kind of trying to be DayZ uh, or the Last of Us or, or whatever, but like multiplayer songs. and 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 trying to like be that, but be more organized or something, like make it more structured. And I think that the whole appeal of that like of that survival genre is that it's inherently unorganized and unstructured and that's what people like about it so i'm glad that they didn't go that direction with it because i don't think that would work at all um at least this is something it's it's still a clone it's still basically like oh here's borderlands and destiny thrown together but uh but at least it's not you know it's it's it could be good they they did a good job with rainbow six yeah Uh, yeah are you still playing that that it's it's basically kind of it's been a week or so but i'm not done with it i'm I'm, yeah, I'm almost definitely going to get that when it if it goes on sale for a good amount. Um, because yeah, I just sold a couple of CSGO <laughs> yeah. items. And um, it yeah, it, that that game appeals to me. Well, should appeal to me a lot, but two hours didn't didn't get me the experience, and sixty dollars is too much for me. It seems like just the right spot. I don't know. Maybe going on, this might become less true, but it seems to be in the right spot where the outcome really depends on what the game sold, which is the tactics and the infiltration and the gadgets. And that stuff yeah. actually matters. You can't run around and shoot people and just by yeah. being really good at headshots. Um, that matters, but it's just one yeah, of many it doesn't rely on those so Twitch instances. It really does. Yeah. It, it's not the same skill yeah. set as CSGO. <laughs> like someone could, I feel like someone could easily win a match of, Rainbow Six Siege with just straight up not very good at all gun gun skills because like if you just strategize oh, yeah. the right way with your team and and infiltrate in the right way it doesn't matter if you're catching them by surprise in the right way then then right then you, because if you, get to if jump you on know them. if you know that they have the hostage behind the desk then you can breach into a room throw a grenade in on the other side of the desk take some people out and then maybe sweep the corners and then you have like a you can put together a strategy that makes sense yeah. and can pay off or can fail and it's more interesting than just choosing positions in CS:GO. I don't know if it, it doesn't have the same competitive purity really cuz there's so much I'd love variation. to see people try and to play it competitively though. Like I'd love to like almost. watch a round of that commentated. Oh, I would it, too. I would like to see what yeah, the balance Yeah, I, I would at like to see people play like. that at a high level and just see what it's like, just out of curiosity. I don't know if it would necessarily be a hit or not, but yeah, it would be interesting. Um, We've talked about it before, but they haven't tried to force it. Yeah, exactly. They, 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 they designed the game nice. that it can be that, but they haven't marketed it that way, so that's that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm really glad they, <laughs> they haven't milked that or tried to milk that. Um, okay. Uh, the Dice Conference, I guess, is coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Um, which is like a annual gathering of developers who make speeches at each other about interesting topics in video games. Uh, and Kojima and Del Toro are going to be there. Which I don't know what that yes, implies. They're going to be. They're hosting a joint presentation. So yeah. that's pretty yeah. big. Now it could be a couple things. These are some speculations. Some bits of conjecture. I think it's either going to be a 
vague kind of post-mortem saying what they can say legally about what happened in their work together. Or they'll announce something new. And that could be a Silent Hills but not, you know, in the classic, like, Kickstarter spiritual successor vein. Um. I mean, it already looked it like their game new. wasn't going to conform to the Silent Hills format. You know, like it looked like it was just going to be taking place right. in that it universe. Doesn't, so. It doesn't really need to be yeah, a Silent exactly. Hill game. Um, it's different enough, at least. I don't want to get my hopes up. PT stands alone, or not alone, but it stands on its own as a yeah. quality thing, and a more gameplay like. I don't want to get my really hopes cool. up because obviously, if it doesn't come true, then that would be disappointing. But I feel like it's it's hard to. It would be mean to schedule this thing with the two of them and not announce something, yeah. or or you don't even have to announce it, but not them not actually be working on something in the future, like because of what that teases. Like it would just be like such a blue balls thing to do. Um, now, all we know is that the Metal Gear creator and Pacific Rim director will discuss their creative influences. So that's what they said. Obviously, if they were to announce something, they would do Maybe. it there so that there's hype. But it'd be uh, a weird place. It, yeah. it would be a Who weird place to announce things. Like from what I know about Dice, that would be a really weird place to announce something because it's not it's not for that, Maybe. you know. Uh, but but still, like but I, they, Kojima's done it before. GDC isn't a, a place yeah. where you're where you really make big announcements, but he revealed that Phantom Pain was Metal yeah. Gear there. So, so I'm not really discounting any possibilities but yeah i'm not totally sure it's anything yeah. either it does it does you know hint at the at a uh relationship between those two people that hopefully could be fruitful in the future they're, regardless they're of cool them announcing guys. something maybe it'll be a movie that would be cool. be cool um that would be what kojima seems like he's always wanted and to this do. comes this comes with or not with but in the wake of Kojima Productions working on a PlayStation yeah. 4 PC game. You will see. Uh, in other video game conference news, uh, EA has announced that they're not going to have their standard press conference at E3, uh, which is a pretty big deal, I think. Um, I don't know how many years they've been doing it. they to do but, their own thing? Yeah, because like last year, you know, Bethesda did their thing where it was like, all right, the weekend before we have our own little conference and it's not officially sanctioned by E3 or whatever. But they officially did Fallout 4 at E3. They they did. Yes. Yes. They, they attached it to Activision's or someone's, someone else's, um, uh, conference, but they had one of their own where they showed Fallout 4 and doom and whatever else they had in works. Um, so Bethesda has confirmed. Oh, that's right. Uh, Bethesda's confirmed they're going to do that again, which isn't super surprising, although I don't know really what they're going to have to talk about. Um, But EA's also going to do something along that line. I think think EA's going to have, has, like, is planning it to be more of a public event where, like, you can come and try games and stuff. Um, Yeah, it's very cool. cool. Uh, But it, it hints at E3 kind of ceasing to be relevant, which people have been kind of talking about for a couple of years now of, like, does anyone really need E3 anymore in this age of like how information gets out and like E3 just doesn't seem like it serves the same purpose it did a few years ago. Uh, so I don't know. This could be a domino I effect and I, I would be sad to see E3 I don't, go because it's such a fun part of the year. <laughs> I just don't think it's likely. I don't know. 
It's you know it takes a, a lot of money to do a conference at E3. Well, sure, but announcing something at E3, it gets people looking yeah. at you, like you. F- I don't know. There's there's a sense that if something's announced at E3, it's a big deal, or that the company announcing it thinks it's a big yeah. deal and wants to put it on the biggest platform possible. And every year we know that this is the biggest video game announcement thing that will happen all year. And we know where to turn our eyes to. It's probably the only like um, video game press kind of live stream I really watch besides like the game awards every yeah. year. Um, it's a, yeah, I, people watch it. There's a marketing incentive to like having a time where people get really excited about yeah. stuff because it it primes people perfectly for showing them new stuff that you want them to buy. Yeah, so I so I think people enjoy watching the stuff and seeing it that way. And I also think that economically it makes sense for publishers to do. I think once you get EA big, that's when you branch off. But I. I think it's here to stay for a while. Yeah, I I, I don't think it's going to ever or not ever. I I don't see that in the future in the foreseeable future. I don't see it just ceasing to be a thing, but I could easily see it becoming something where everyone hosts their conference uh, unofficially, like not a part of E three, but around that week, and E three becomes mm-hmm. this thing where everyone convenes, and that's where like journalists are shown games and stuff, and the conferences are separate from that, maybe like to save money. Uh, but I still think, yeah, I think you're right. You you need that time of the year uh, during the summer to like hype up your games that are going to be coming out in six months. So uh, yeah, it'll always serve a purpose at least. And I, I, I guess it'll always be just as enjoyable. You know, it doesn't matter to us whether EA is at the E3 conference building yeah. or not. It's still the same thing basically. Uh, so it'll still be fun, I think, but uh, there's just something about E3 where, I mean, it's already kind of lost this magic in the, couple, the last couple of years, I guess. But like, I, this is mean spirited, but the cringe, like the cringy stuff, and like the just the disasters that happen there. Although, like Ubisoft has kept up the tradition really well, but like, there's just something about E3. It's that, their brand. No. Uh, yeah, it's their brand. Well, before I remember getting Nintendo Power magazines back years mm-hmm. ago. And that was how you found out about the new Nintendo games. Because you can't watch videos of E3, really. Yeah. Um, and so that's how... E3 had like this gravitas yeah. to it that you didn't have access to it. And some people did. And they were going to give you the scoop. Now, you can you can watch it yourself and see, oh, these are actual Yeah, you can watch it in your underwear. They're not all that comfortable in front of a crowd. Yeah. But... They've gotten better. I think there was a transition between being this kind of closed off press thing and then moving to a uh, like a not really entertainment, but like a viewing. Yeah, like, definitely like, like a show. That Konami show, a show in two thousand. I want to say it was two thousand twelve. Where Konami had like a really small little conference, like in a tiny thing with like in front of maybe a hundred people, and uh, and the, that's where all those videos came out of. Uh, what's his name? The guy. Uh, Oh God! What is Crab Cat? No, what is his name? With the he's got the big hair and he's he doesn't speak very good English, but he like tries to like hype up the crowd and stuff. God, I can't remember his name. Someone in chat will say it. Um, but that's where all those came came from. Where like you do massive damage to the giant enemy crab and all that shit. Uh, that was like the and ultimate transition period last year. Yes, last year clapping head 
at Square Enix. Oh, the Square Enix was good. That Square was Enix fun. was yeah. Square Enix kind of touched on that feeling of that that Konami press conference had of like it's this small scale thing where it's like they don't know what they they're doing, do they? Uh, and then Ubisoft Soon. tried so hard to make theirs like so cool and failed so miserably. Oh, it was when they interviewed that Soon, cosplayer if and not he said already. That he was paid to be there. <clears throat> I loved it. Soon, if not already. We're gonna have to start getting conspiratorial. That and and ask: Are they being this embarrassing on purpose? So we'll talk about no. it, or is it? Accidental? That, that's a good question to ask. But I think so far, it's it's been purely accidental. I'm not. I I agree, but and I don't think anybody's gonna go up on stage and be embarrassing on purpose. But I figured that if you're the Ubisoft PR guy, who's like two levels above setting up the E3 conference and you're making some big picture decisions and these embarrassing gaffes are just getting you more press. Do you really have an incentive to write the shit? No, you're right. And, and, and they have monopolized on some of that stuff. Like, like someone in chat mentioned Girlwood, uh, you know, hashtag my body is ready. That kind of thing. Like they, they've capitalized on that. I can always trust that Ubisoft's conference will be, Funny yeah. bad. Like it's been that way every year. Um, it's, it's something to look and I, to. I, yeah, I think that's a very good prediction to make. I think that they, I, someone at some point will try to be, maybe not cringy, but like you know. And that'll be the yeah. End. That'll be the, the end of the fun. I, 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 you've heard my conspiracy theory about uh, EA and their sports games. No, I have a conspiracy theory, and I honestly believe this to be true: uh, that EA intentionally. Uh, uh, puts glitches into their sports games, specifically with like um, <clears throat> the, the the most specific case. The one that started this theory for me was uh, the I think it was one of the NFL games, one of the Madden games, uh, where there was a glitch that a lot of people were getting uh, of one of the players randomly on the field being tiny. Did you see that? Like he was like a foot tall. Um, no, but. But yeah, sure. that's a thing that that's, that happened to a lot of people. And one day on Twitter, I mean, it just exploded all, all over the internet. It, it exploded. There were all these gifts and stuff of this these tiny football players, uh, and and it was funny. But it seemed too perfect to me to be real. Like it was like, really, there's a glitch that randomly one of your players becomes tiny. Like how does that happen? It doesn't make any sense. I'm not a programmer, but that seems like something that you could easily intentionally implement into your game because you know it's going to create buzz and no it, it doesn't make the game look bad. I mean it's a it's a minor glitch that doesn't happen that often. Uh but it draws attention to the game itself. I, I that's my conspiracy theory. And I think that they did do that that one in particular I think they did on purpose. So there you go. Maybe <laughs> I guess there'd be no way to no, know. Not really. Unless you like got into the game code and like found like a very obviously like written in thing, but uh, yeah. Or, or even if but it was a even if it was if that was true, to... if that was true, I would have no problem with it because I think I always love good yes glitches. Even even not just glitches that happen accidentally, but uh, there's this YouTube channel called Really 3D that I like. I just like really stupid, primitive 3D yeah, animation yeah, yeah. that goes wrong. There's a whole genre, of, yeah. Because right? yeah. nothing looks weirder than like badly constructed yes. 3D 
models trying to move improperly. Like that's that's great. It's fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I don't really care. I guess I don't I really. Guess. I, it it ruins the magic for me though. I like, think like, it's I think it's more than likely though that a game a, that if you're making yearly entries of FIFA and all that matters is that the player card shop works right. I think there's lots of corner cutting with the game substance. In the, in, in the case of FIFA, I don't feel like most of that is necessarily intentional, although some of it might be intentionally untouched. Like, this isn't really a problem we need to fix. Oh, for, People oh, yeah, like it, okay. so it's not yeah. a big deal. I can see that. I can see them being aware yeah, of stuff like they're that. They're definitely aware of it. Yeah, it, it, maybe it's a case of them just not figuring it's worth fixing because it's not a big deal. Or maybe it's something where they they figure, like, well, actually, like, you know... People like this aspect of our games. Like they legitimately enjoy it them. It could be a little column A yeah, and column um, B that they are aware of and. But the little the little fine. NFL man felt manufactured one hundred percent. But even that I can believe because I can picture that there's some kind of number in the code that sets how big the player is based on their actual statistics, and then that gets fucked Maybe. up somehow or overflows or something. Maybe. But that's my conspiracy theory. It's an interesting theory. conspiracy and, and, theory. And, and there's, I, I'm the same way. I love those glitches. I, I love the, uh, you've seen the Ascension of the Jackdaw, the Assassin's Creed 4 glitch, where <laughs> for some reason the, the pirate ship doesn't appear at the dock. And so there's just this gaping hole in the sea. And all the pirates spawned in, but the, the ship this. didn't. And so they're drowning in this hole, just floating in the air. And then they die, and they start floating up. As if they're going to heaven, and then the ship <laughs> rises out of the hole. Um, <laughs> that one it. felt actually real. Like I, I, I buy that one. I don't think someone, you know, manufactured that one, and that was so perfect. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the best glitches of all time. You need to look up that video. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I, I would just suck if you like found out. Well, yeah, someone actually like did that on purpose. Like made the game do that. But anyway, yeah. whatever. Who cares? Uh, Okay, what's this game style? I don't know too much about this one. Um, I just kind of saw a headline before we came on and said, oh, that's relevant. Um, GameStop is trying to become a publisher, or has become a publisher officially, of at least like one game or one developer. Uh, they ha- they already, I think, have a digital distribution platform, apparently. And, uh, and so they're trying to go to like the Steam or Origin route of like, well, we have this platform, and we're going to develop games for it, and it'll be exclusive to our platform, and hopefully it'll draw users in or whatever. Um, I don't know. It, it's weird. GameStop is trying a lot of things to stay <laughs> to stay, you yeah. know, a thing. They're feeling yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Though, I don't think they're going to outright die. No. I mean, I think they'll successfully transition to a smaller, but still, you know... Maybe not successful, but just kind of a, a thing. Like they'll stick around. They'll they'll find a niche somewhere. Like they're doing the yeah. like I think the used game stuff, if they handle that right, they could they could they could turn that into a legit oh, that's thing. Their life um but like used games as far as like old games that are still physical and that you can't get digitally. Um, you know, they've 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 officially made like a site that you can sell and buy those on and I could see that becoming a thing that people actually use uh, ongoing. Um so whatever we'll see um okay uh (laughs) this is what's in our show notes because you guys can't see this this is what skippy wrote 
Rocket League 9-gag. Rocket League has an update, and you can get a flag that has 9-gag on it. Finally! It's what we've all been waiting for. The, the Reddit flag was already the Reddit, in there. The Reddit I supported antenna. that yes. for a while. Yep. yep. And then and now, now we've, we've got 9-gag. We've gone full circle. Um, yeah, so good for Rocket League. That's all I have to say about it. Are we going to get iFunny there, too, and have a trinity? <laughs> I hope so. You could have like a three, like a three-person team with one for each, representing each uh, wonderful internet gag. Um, all right, I saw you tweeting. Yeah, about this. okay. Talk, so, talk about Matt MVS. I don't know if you guys know who Matt MVS is. I think you've talked about him before. I have, but Matt MVS is a delusional composer with mental illnesses. Uh, who, God, he makes Zelda music that's not really music. He's famous for it, it, it. Good video. That's his Zelda composition. Good video. It's a really good video. But when you start to watch more of his videos, you realize it's totally serious. And he has hundreds and hundreds of videos like this. And um, It could be fake. So, no. It could be. No. I could tell you everything I know. No, it's not. In you fact, thought you know Jace what? Connors you, was real. Okay, this. You thought Jace Connors was real. I did, and so did everyone. I didn't. Well, because you didn't know. I, that's true. I didn't you know, did, but still. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, this is nowhere near like that. For starters, he doesn't actively seek the public eye at all. Jace Connors did live streams, and he'd had people call in, and they'd show dicks, and he'd get mad back at people. He doesn't do any of that. Like. It barely registers that he's even seeing comments, except when he replies to one once in a while. And uh, he has these super long speeches about the nature of good and bad and the scientific transcending spirit of good and bad. It's nuts. He wrote a book that he had like a text-to-speech thing read out, and it was just all nonsense, an hour. <laughs> um, but like, but something yeah, like Rocco Bodhi could easily make a character no. like that. And, and dedicate no. themselves to it. I could see it happening. So here's what spurred this on. So he made a series of... Uh, they're not really videos. They're just texts on a black screen. I saw one of the videos, yeah. In a video format. And there's four of them talking about him giving up composing and uh, something about pleasure highs and transcending, you know, just the typical Mad MBS language that he uses. And then he's basically saying this is like... All, the afterlife is all I've got now, that I'm going to kill myself, basically. And, uh, you know, we were telling him just, and I was trying to get people to uh, just comment that to him also, just don't do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and he replied back, and it was all incoherent, something about me being a transcending psychotic killer guy. And then he goes dark for like a week, and we think he actually did it. And then he shows up again, and he didn't. Is he still making and, videos? Well, he said that he's making a new channel that he's only going to post on once he becomes a perfect transcending composer. And he talked about his Super Saiyan composing form. But anyway, while I thought he was dead, this is why I think it's totally real. Um, while I thought he was dead, I did a lot of research. You really, what like, I, you felt terrible about this. Like, you, I, I could tell it was, it was. It's because it, it's heart. horrible. It is horrible because to see someone who's genuinely mentally ill yeah. losing their minds and killing themselves, and all you can do is watch. Yeah, 
Like that sucks. But I I research his username and I find a couple of things. He's posted alternatively as Matt MBS seven. That's his main right now. No, that's his username. And then uh, <laughs> Mozart link. So like Zelda link. Yeah, I get he's it. He's a composer. Uh, that's his Reddit account, but he mostly posts under Matt MBS seven, and he has posted to basically every forum you can possibly imagine, like atheist debate forums and um, like gaming forums. And I saw one on Grass City, which is a weed forum. Oh, okay. For people to discuss marijuana and weed culture, and he made a completely unrelated thread there about his pleasure highs and his composing and shit. And he writes these posts that are the longest things <laughs> that you will ever read. And they're not copy-pasted. He types them all out. They're different on each of these forms. Oh, my God. But it's like 10,000 words per post. <laughs> and he posts like 20 times in each thread. And it's all nonsense that just is a salad of words and like pleasure highs and transcending. And it's... It's genuine insanity that if someone were to dedicate themselves to trolling this much, then that person would actually really actually be, be insane. insane. Yeah, sure. But I'm I'm inclined to believe him because he's even outright said I have autism and schizophrenia. Yeah. But it's Oof. it's weird. It's that what you weird. can find if the you go looking. Place. If you if you start digging. Find an obscure account that you know of and just start doing some minimal digging and you'll probably find some, some weird stuff. <laughs> I'm glad to know how you spent your week. It was, it's just weird. I can't I, say I that that's le- any less I valuable learn, than watching I learned his... So. I'm not going to dox him, but I did learn his age and location and birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're like a... So I'll make sure like to a, wish him a like birthday next year. Yeah, I am anonymous. I am non-gag. That's all we okay. have for this week, folks. <laughs> we're done. Uh, we're done. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. Uh, we're going to be here at the same time next week. The same time. and That's 9 Eastern. And uh, we'll hopefully I will get around to posting it on the site as well. <laughs> um, which is still broken, by the way. We need to figure that out. Anyway. What the fuck happened? Okay. I don't know. Adios. Everybody. Adios, everyone. Goodbye. Have a good night and week. Bye.